The opinions and views expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents. To find out more about this talk show or other talk shows broadcasting on KUCI, log on to our website at KUCI.org or check out the latest program guide. Listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine and KUCI.org on the net. Welcome to Prescriptions for Healing Conflict. I'm Lloyd, I'm the show's engineer, and your host is Mari Frank. Mari's been an attorney mediator for 26 years, and during that time, she's resolved thousands of disputes as a neutral conflict healer. She's a member of the Orange County Superior Court Mediation Panel, and she's been a law professor of negotiations and mediation, and presently teaches negotiations right here at UCI. She's the author of Negotiations Breakthroughs and co-author of Stepping Stones to Success and several other books. To listen to previous interviews, see upcoming guests, download podcasts, and learn more, visit www.conflicthealing.com. So Mari, what's your show about today? Well, our show is about this great book called Have a Nice Conflict, a story of finding success and satisfaction in the most unlikely places. You know, Lloyd, I always say that whenever there is a conflict in our lives, it's an opportunity for us to grow, for us to get new lessons, for us to go to the next level. And so this book is very much like that. And I'm going to tell you a little bit about the author who happens to be right here in Orange County, California. So that's even more fun that we've got somebody who's a neighbor of ours. And that is where Michael Patterson, EDD. He is Vice President of Business Development for Personal Strengths USA and co-author of Have a Nice Conflict, which we just talked about, and I have it sitting here. Mike began his career as a U.S. Army officer and then spent 20 years in a variety of sales, marketing, and training roles in the pharmaceutical industry, and this culminated in his leadership of two comprehensive employee development programs. And we know that in the workplace and with employees, there's always going to be differing perspectives and conflict. Now, in addition to his work with organizational clients, Mike is an adjunct professor teaching in the doctoral program at Pepperdine University's Graduate School of Education and Psychology. And he lives right in Aliso Viejo, which is down the street from Irvine, where we are. So, Mike, thanks so much for joining up. I love, I just really love this book, and I love the cover. Well, Mari, thanks for uh, having me today, and I'm glad uh, you enjoyed the book. Now, everyone knows that we all have conflicts. I don't care if we are the best conflict resolvers in the world. There are going to be times when we see things differently from other people, okay? Sometimes it's unpleasant conflict. Sometimes it's creative conflict. But conflict can actually also carry out tremendous financial costs to people and organizations. So just how costly is conflict to American business? Oh, conflict is incredibly costly to American business. And there's been a lot of research done on it. Um, one research study says that uh, about 85% of all employees experience conflict uh, in the workplace. And so around our office, we uh, have a good laugh about that statistic, while on the one hand, it, it sounds uh, troubling because so many people are facing conflict. But what we're laughing about is the fact that probably 15% of the people lied to the researcher 
because uh, we know that we all face conflict from time to time in our lives, in the workplace, at home with our family, with those we love, in the community. Uh, conflict is ubiquitous, and we have to learn to deal with it. Regarding the cost, you know, there's, again, a lot of research that has addressed this topic. Uh, one very reputable organization has found that on average, uh, now I'm going to talk about the business cost of conflict. On average, U.S. employees spend about 2.8 hours per week dealing with conflict uh, in the workplace. And this is unproductive time. It's time that they're not spending focused on accomplishing their organization's mission. And when you tally up the cost of all those non-productive hours, that works out to about $359 billion, with a B, uh, in paid hours uh, that's not being put to good, good use. And in addition to that, uh, about 25% employees re- report that they're missing work, they're taking sick time, uh, and they're absent from their jobs uh, due to conflict or, or the desire to avoid conflict in the workplace. Uh, so when you think about all these costs, it's, it's uh, staggering. And if we could collectively, those of us who uh, care about these things, and we all should care about these things, if we could find a way to reduce some of these costs associated with conflict, get people to spend less time in non-productive conflict, and to be able to work through conflict more quickly and uh, bring conflict to successful resolution or prevent it in the first place, then uh, that could create uh, really an incredible economic stimulus that uh, this country desperately needs uh, at a time when we're we're struggling to uh, claw our our way out of what's been uh, some tough times. Exactly. And, you know, I also think about all the great people that might leave your business or leave work because of the conflict, and it doesn't have anything to do with the owners of the company. But if the managers don't help these people to learn how to handle conflict, they'll leave. I have a friend right now who is really well-respected at work. She's very much loved. She's fantastic. Her manager doesn't want her to go anywhere, but he knows that she is ready to get out because of the conflict that she just doesn't want to be part of anymore. She's ready to move on. And that's going to be a huge loss because then they're going to have to train somebody new to take her place. And she's been interviewing And the manager knows it, but he's just so poor at helping the parties to resolve conflicts. So, you know, there are tremendous, like you said, financial costs, emotional costs, uh, retraining costs. It's crazy. Well, I'll I'll just echo that. I I absolutely agree with you, Mari. Um, The number one reason that people leave their places of employment is conflict, uh, in the workplace, and oftentimes that involves their boss or their boss's inability to manage that conflict. Uh, the Saratoga Institute is a division of PricewaterhouseCoopers. Uh, they reported that uh, as, after they've looked at 60,000 exit interviews over a 20-year span, so this is a very long-term view of, of the workplace, 80% of turnover can be related to an unsatisfactory 
relationship in the workplace, particularly with that employee's boss. Oh, wow, that's a lot. And when people leave, and you made this point as well, uh, it's costly to replace them. You know, we hear about high unemployment numbers, and there's lots of people looking for, for jobs, and that is certainly true. However, to get the right person in the job and to train that new person to do the job and to write and, and help them reestablish relationships that might have been lost with customers and colleagues, the estimates for, for, for tallying that cost range from about 150% of the employee's annual salary, the new employee's annual salary, to as much as 250% for senior executives and, and sales professionals. So to lose someone from your organization because the boss can't uh, manage a conflict or the boss can't develop a positive, productive relationship with an employee is, uh, is, is money walking out the door. Not a person walking out the door, but money walking out the door. Exactly. And it's in the time that it takes. I know I, I just lost my intern, even, who I trained, who went off to law school, and I was thrilled. And, and another one of my, my paralegal went to back to law school. I guess they get so excited from working in my office that they go to law school, and I'm happy, and I do everything I can to get them in. But then I spent a lot of time training them. And, you know, I mean, I'm not angry and it wasn't it wasn't because of conflict that they left. It was because they're they're excited to do something. But I know the time I have to take to train somebody that costs the time it takes me away from my other work to train somebody. It is a tremendous time and money proposition. So it doesn't make any sense to me that companies are not spending money on training and learning conflict resolution skills and what I call solutioneering skills. It's, it just mind boggles me that they rather just spend the money. They don't realize it because it's upfront money instead of money out the door like you're talking about. Right. And here, here's a, another number that's, that's staggering. You know, you've probably heard the expression, time is money. Well, research that's, that's well-established, published in peer-reviewed journals, uh, says that managers spend as much as 30% of their time dealing with employee conflict in the workplace. Mm. And so, uh, again, time is money, and that is a lot of time equaling a lot of money uh, that if we could become better, more efficient, uh, more productive in how we use that time, could probably be directed into more uh, productive, more uh, profitable uh, aspects of growing an organization's business. So uh, I, we're in the business uh, of helping organizations uh, learn how to prevent and manage conflict and build more productive relationships in the workplace. So. We bring this message everywhere we go, and we've, we've done some uh, very fine work in helping organizations and helping teams uh, prevent conflict and manage the conflict that exists. And that's really the reason we wrote the book, is to uh, spread our message more broadly because there's such a desperate need for it. 
Absolutely. And and that's why I have this radio show. <laughs> because there is such yeah, we're all looking for the same thing that we want to just really help transform this com, you know, conflict into you know creative solutions and that can happen and it does when you know what you're doing so yeah this is a great book have it's called have a nice conflict the story of finding success and satisfaction in the most unlikely places and mike patterson is our guest who is one of the co-authors so let me ask you something let's why don't you give your definition of conflict? I always ask this in my negotiations class or in my mediation class. You know, what, what is conflict to you? Well, I'll tell you what it's not. Uh, people often think about it, and I do something similar in the workshops I lead. Uh, what does conflict look like? Uh, or what is conflict? And, and conflict is not uh, necessarily two red-faced people standing nose-to-nose screaming at the other. Uh, Conflict is really, and the way we define it in our book and in the the work we do, is conflict is when it's an emotional response to a sense that our self-worth is being threatened. Values that we hold very dear are are being uh, put at, at risk in some way, and so we emotionally respond to that. Uh, our desire as, as people is, is dignity. Uh, we want to feel good about ourselves. I want to feel good about me. And when my motives to feel good about me collide when, with someone else's motives that make me feel that, that that's at risk in some way, then I respond defensively my motives shift, and I respond to that conflict typically in one of three ways. People uh, feel and act one way when things are going well, uh, when, when, when they're not feeling in it, any sort of risk, and then when faced with conflict or opposition, their motives shift and they feel and act differently. And they tend to act in one of, respond in one of three ways, and people are, are different in this regard. But one way that people respond in conflict is to be very assertive, uh, to rise to the challenge. They want to uh, get in your face, find a solution to the issue, and deal with it now. I had someone in a workshop yesterday say, but I want to fix it now. I don't want to wait. Let's just deal with it and move on. And so for her, uh, she's assertive in the early stages of conflict. And, and in our model, we use different colors to describe the different approaches to conflict. And so we would say that's a red response to conflict. Other people, and I tend to fall in this category, other people, when faced with conflict, tend to step away and they want to analyze the situation before they respond. Uh, Someone who's very um, outgoing and talkative and uh, fully engaged in a meeting uh, might feel, uh, might slip into conflict and they, they, they pull away, they get quiet, they think things through. And the last thing they want at that moment is for someone to come get in their face. Now, the, the third way that people typically deal with conflict is uh, an aco- accommodating approach, um, and that we call the blue approach. And people who are, uh, take this accommodating approach, 
they're the ones who say, you know, it's okay. It's not that bad. We, we, it's fine. And, and they, they just don't want the relationship to be damaged in any, any, any way, but yet they're troubled by what just happened. And so they're, they're trying to smooth things over uh, and, and make it okay. So these are three different approaches, and I'm sure if we thought about it, we could identify people in our lives that respond to conflict in one of these three ways. But what's... Uh, but Mike, you know, there's a fourth way. <laughs> what's that? And that's the one I have to do. You know, I am constantly in meetings with people in conflict because that's what they hire me to do to help them resolve it. And so the fourth way is kind of to blend, to blend the first and third way. And that means, number one is I intervene as soon as it starts to escalate because they're already in conflict. And the other one is to intervene in a way that's assertive yet accommodating. And what I mean by that is, is to legitimize their concerns and then help them shift into problem solving. So that, I think, is the fourth way, which is what I have to do for the past 26 years is I, I have to intervene immediately before it escalates. And then I have to be accommodating to both sides to legitimize where they are to, to, um, you know, deescalate and to soothe them and help them see that they have a right to their perspectives, but then to move it from where it is and to deal with it immediately. Cause if I couldn't deal with it immediately, they'd get up and leave. Right. <laughs> so right. that's what I'm thinking of, at least how I how I read it and how I see it is a little bit with that's the fourth way for for somebody who has to deal with it all the time and has to intervene in the immediacy. Well, you certainly play a unique role as a as a professional mediator and, and uh, um, conflict healer <laughs> healer. And I love that expression, by the way. That's 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 great. Um, and I think you're right on target by saying that identifying the conflict and addressing it early is certainly the best ac- uh, approach. Uh, we like to encourage people to spot that shift when people go from how they normally act to something different, and that's a signal um, that they're in conflict and something is wrong. And so what we counsel people to do when they're dealing with these day-to-day workplace conflicts or just conflicts in their home is to, uh, first of all, manage themselves in conflict because right. they may very well be in conflict as well. We, we can't manage other people, uh, but we can manage ourselves. What we can do for others is to create an environment where it's easy for them to manage themselves. Right. And so uh, if I'm dealing with someone who, who is very, takes this assertive approach in conflict and they want to deal with it right now, and that's not really my preferred approach, right. I should probably uh, stretch a bit and borrow and meet that other person where they're at and try to do my best to deal with the issue and help them uh, manage themselves out of conflict by focusing on fixing a problem. Likewise, if I'm dealing with someone who takes this more, more of a green approach and they're, 
they'd like a little time to analyze the situation and think it through, um, it's probably okay for me to give them a little bit of time and not push them too hard until they're ready. Yes. Because by doing so, they work through what they need to work through. Then we can come together and work through the issue at hand. But above all, I need to uh, work on me and think about the issue and ask myself the question, is this issue we're dealing with really, really a threat to my self-worth? Is it that important? Is the fact that... um, uh, I, I was I was scolded for forgetting to take the the, the garbage out uh, on on Monday night for the Tuesday morning pickup. Really worth uh, entering into a conflict with my with my wife over. Right, right. Absolutely not. So we can we can prevent uh, and certainly manage conflict uh, by just thinking about what's really important to us. And, and, and that's and I wanted to go back to what you were just saying a few minutes ago about how when you're with someone that really needs time to think things through, there are times even in mediation where there's a hot issue. Maybe there we're talking about five different issues, a partnership disillusion or a workplace dispute or, you know, a marital disillusion. You know, sometimes you can. You can say, okay, we'll come back to that issue later, then go to an easy issue, resolve that. And then when you come back, people feel a little bit more comfortable, like, okay, well, we got over that hurdle, so we can go back to this one. So so that is really important is to take a break. Or if you're having a conflict with your spouse, like you're talking about, let's say, you know, you got home late and your spouse tells you, well, why didn't you take this out? And you, you know, you're tired, you're exhausted. You just say, you know, Let's talk about it. You know, I'm sorry. I'm I'm really exhausted. I want to talk about our, you know, our chores with each other. But can we do this later? I promise I'll do it after dinner or I'll promise I'll do it tomorrow. That kind of thing at least gives you a little bit of a break, even if you're exhausted. If both of you are exhausted and stressed out, that is not the time you want to try and resolve it, right? Right. I, I would I would agree with that. Managing conflict, um, preventing conflict, is about recognizing the the person you're dealing with and then choosing behaviors that um, serve to prevent conflict, to give the other person what they need in the moment. So if, and I also want to emphasize, because this this is really key to our message, that behavior is a choice. The way we approach uh, conflict situations is a matter of choice for us. We're not um, pulled into or forced into uh, conflict situations. We, need, we, we choose to uh, have ourselves feel at risk, and we choose the behaviors that will get us out of conflict. So we, the, the real message here is that we're empowered um, to take action to make things better for ourselves and the other people around us and using some good judgment about time, the, the, the times we choose to address conflict, how we want to address conflict, how we want to deploy our strengths in a particular situation are all things that contribute to nice conflicts. And, and that's such an important issue because you, you talk about in the book, you say, and, and again, I want to mention the name of the book, Have a Nice Conflict, 
But you, you say this statement, rule conflict, don't let conflict rule you. And I always say the same thing about anger. You know, you're in charge of your anger. Don't let your anger rule you. And that goes exactly to what you're saying, Mike, is that we forget that we are in charge of how we want to respond. We can either react like a knee-jerk reaction, or we can respond. And like, I, I remember no one, my son, when he was um, doing karate as a kid, he, he would come home and said, Mom, no one can make you angry unless you let them. And I learned that in karate, he said. So I don't have to get mad if somebody does something. I, I am in charge of that, just like you say. You, we are each empowered to choose how we wish to respond. We can react, which is just letting the anger or letting the conflict rule us, or we can respond. That's absolutely true. To, to say... She makes me so mad, or he really makes me mad, is a complete fallacy. Because in reality, I make me mad. Right. Um, and, and another person can't do anything to our emotional psyche that we don't allow. And I, I recognize that, that some of the listeners might be facing some extremely difficult and perhaps abusive situations. And that's, I'm, not, I'm talking about the day-to-day little things that happen in the workplace, on the campus, um, there, are, there are serious matters that, de- that deserve serious attention, and I encourage people to, to uh, get help in those situations. But on a day-to-day basis, I'm the one that controls my emotional state, not someone else in my life. Right. And believe it or not, we are out of time, Mike. Didn't that, didn't that go fast? That went really <laughs> fast. Well, I'm going to have people go and look at Have a Nice Conflict, a story of finding success and satisfaction in the most unlikely places. You want to give the website? Our website is uh, just like the book's title, uh, com. Well, you're terrific, and I'm so glad that you're doing the great work that you're doing. And we will keep in touch since we're all on the same path here. And uh, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me, Mari. I'd love to uh, come back and join you again. Great, Mike. Bye-bye. Bye. You've been listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine and KUCI.org on the net. I'm Mari Frank, the host of Prescriptions for Healing Conflict. Please visit our website at conflicthealing.com and see our upcoming guests, listen to archived interviews, learn more about conflict, ask us questions, write us emails about what you want to learn. And we would love to hear from you and join us next Monday morning at 8.30 a.m. right here on KUCI. Bye. It's about trust. Yeah, yeah. It's about faith. It's about trust. The opinions and views expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents.